Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 137. Today is actually part two of our conversation with Azure Antoinette. As you remember from last week, Azure Antoinette is a poet, actress, uh, fellow MSer, and she's wonderful. So we hope that you enjoy the second part of this conversation. Welcome to season four of the Myelin and Melanin podcast. I'm Dawn. And I'm Dana. We are two Black women sharing our musings on life, MS, and everything in between. You can find us on the web at myelinandmelanin.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at myelinmelanin. Also, don't forget to subscribe to us on YouTube. Why, in your opinion, and from your experience, why does representation matter when it comes to living with MS? I think representation um, matters in every space that we are lacking um, visibility or agency, right? Hmm. Um, when I first got approached about doing this More to MS campaign, moretoms.com, um, why I was so excited was because of how much agency and representation lacks for the disease itself. It's, it's so often you say MS and people really don't know what you're talking about. Or if you say, I have multiple sclerosis, they're like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, because it sounds it sounds a way, it sounds different than like, oh, I have the flu, but I can't tell you how many people in my life are like, so what are the, like, what, are, like, what happens? Like, what are the symptoms? It's, it's not anything that there's a public understanding and knowledge of. So it just makes it feel almost like it's not really a thing or they're just like, oh yeah, no, she has, she has something like it, it's not, it's not gluten intolerance. That's, that's not what we're talking about here. Right, like right. this is massive, you know? So when they first, when I, when I, when I first was spoken to about it, I was like, absolutely. Like any place that I can stick a megaphone or a lens in front of what this thing is for sure, you know, to be a minority as a, as a woman, as a black woman, there's that to have a disability and one that can masquerade so many times as being invisible with a disease that's not popular. It's a whole other feeling of, of just marginalization and being left out. So I was like, 100%, this is absolutely mandatory and something I must do because getting diagnosed can feel it can feel so much more frightening just because there's no information, mm -hmm. you know, and you, you get the diagnosis and you're feeling the way you feel and your doctors kind of just make spa noises at you and everyone's like, mm, oh yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. and then yeah. you're just at your house and you're like, well, I don't know if that's standard or normal. The network is kind of crappy. Like you don't, it, everyone's story is different. And then to be a minority with this disease is a whole other ball of wax, which I had no idea until this year of this campaign that the, that the, the symptoms 
manifest differently in black people with MS than with everybody else. Like it's a, it's a whole different experience. So you're just thinking to myself like, oh, well, I had no idea. Well, how would you? There's no re representation of the disease itself. So yeah. I was like, 100%. It's, it's, not, it's not important. It's tantamount and paramount yeah. to moving forward. Absolutely. For sure. And yeah. feeling excluded from the community is incredibly isolating because we already feel isolated in this disease. Yeah. And so when Dana, we were just talking about this, when we were first diagnosed, that was for me, 20, it'll be 21 years next week um, or a couple of days. And then for Dana, 17 years. So there really wasn't this community. And like right. the only thing that we could look at was a young white woman, yeah. you know, skipping, walking through a field, holding hands with her partner or what have you saying, you know, I have MS, but MS doesn't have me. And right. Like, well, what does that mean for me? Because sure. I can't relate to that. Like, yeah. I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think it's, it's so clutch and so key because even with the time today, I would have never gotten to the two of you had it not been for this campaign. And I'm like, that's a problem. Mm -hmm. That's huge because I have more agency than most people I know. So of course now I have access to it, but what if I wasn't myself? Right, right. Then what? Then who do you pick up the phone and call? Then who do you DM? Then who are you talking to? And how come nobody is rallying us around this? Because exactly what you're saying, like I don't have a mess, but a mess ha has me. Like, sorry, uh, I have a mess, but a mess doesn't have me. You, it, it, like our differences around the disease as people, no matter what color you are, are entirely different. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we have some similarities. Sometimes. Right. Sometimes not. Right. I so, mean, I, yeah, I think there are things that anybody with MS could probably relate to. Yes. Like there's certain little things like, oh yeah, I get that. But mm -hmm. I mean, the disease manifests so completely differently in everybody. Right. right. Um, yeah. 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 And that, and, and, and that is isolating. That does feel hard and bad. And with a disease that is very commonly directly tied to depression, directly tied to in earlier years, suicidal Ooh, thoughts, yeah. because you think you're losing your mind. Right. And everybody's looking around at you like, what's your deal? And you're just mm -hmm. like, I don't feel well. Nobody's listening to me. I feel awful. There's nothing I can do. So yeah, I would much rather not be here. Like that's a horrible set of thoughts. Yeah. That's all. And it, and it definitely can be helped, improved, mitigated almost by just knowing like, oh, and then you go to this website. Oh, and you can click on this feed. Oh, you can go listen to some podcasts. Just hearing community in your concern, that's everything. It, like this, this, this thing, the metronome of this disease itself is the nervous system. Our ability to regulate our fear 
our our well-being, all of those spaces in us that say like, you're safe here or like you should have caution here, like that's disrupted as a result of the disease itself. So all of those ways that we anchor ourselves as human beings, like with research, with education, we don't have that. Yeah. And, and it's just like, it's blowing my mind to know like Dr. Williams uh, in Atlanta, that's my new neurologist, love her. She's that's telling that. me she's one of 15, sorry, one of 13 doctors in the country that mm-hmm. studies MS in black patients and, and a smaller number in the world. And when she mm-hmm. started, she was one of three. And I'm like, what do you mean studies MS in black patients? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I didn't know that we were, I didn't know that we were doing that. How is it that I'm just finding this out over 10 years into a disease that I really am very intimately connected to? How, do, how did I not find your podcast? I'm on Instagram all the time doing Lord knows what. We said the same thing. How did we not know who you were? And it's, it, it's in my byline. I talk about it all the time. I'm just like, but it's, it's like, y'all, if you can't see that the system is designed to keep it separate, yeah, it just, and as a DEI advocate from a corporate space, I'm just like, mm, this doesn't look great. This doesn't, I don't like the way this looks. I don't like how it feels. I don't like, I don't like what this represents, but this doesn't look great. What do you mean there's a black neurologist, a female black neurologist studying my condition and all I continue to hear about is Ben Carson? Why do you think that is? Mm -hmm. Where is the information getting siloed? Mm -hmm. Because if she's one of 15 and she's telling me that half of that constituency is also black, how come I didn't know about that? Like I'm a huge thought leader in this space. What's up y'all? Yeah. That's, you know, and it, what it comes down to is like, who is controlling the information? Who is telling the stories? Who is shaping the overall narrative? Always, always. Who is writing the story? So it's Mm -hmm. on us. The onus is on us to rewrite that story, Mm -hmm. you know? And that's, and that is, that is, that was the, the overarching drive. That was the fire for me to get behind what they were saying, because up until now, I've not really publicly made any professional declarations about this. Like, I hate talking about MS because MS gets on my nerves. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, mm. and you know, what, what I don't want is more people looking at me with that, like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Oh. Pitying you. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Mm. And I'm like, mm-hmm. so, <laughs> you know, like this, this came from a place of power. And exactly what you're saying, Dana, a place of being able to be in control of the narrative. Yep. So if this means we've been given a vehicle and a megaphone and a highway, then let's go do it. Let's blow the whole thing apart. 100% getting people together in a room, virtual, what have you talking about these things, generating conversation, that's how you make movement. And with movement comes process. And with process comes progress. And with progress comes treatment. And with treatment comes relief. And if anybody has MS, that's what we're looking for. 
-hmm. relief. We're looking yes. for some spaces where we can take a breath. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And that's why we felt like super responsible for the platform that we have. And we started in 2018 and we were like, why are we doing this? You know, right. we questioned, I think we always talked about it, like why? And the reason why is because we want to amplify our voices and yeah. black voices. Yeah. You know, they're quite often, we are not heard. Like you yeah. said, yeah, we know yeah. that that is just a given. There are terrible health, you know, yeah. inequities happening. You know, yeah, People right. Go to the emergency room, and it's like my legs are numb, my feet right. are numb, my right. hands are numb. Okay, we'll go home and take a Tylenol. It's right, like, well, right. No, right. that's not going to help me. Right. You know, we're we're ignored. Right. And um, we also have, as Black people, we have comorbidities that we're dealing with. So, mm -hmm. you know, people blame it on, oh, well, that's your diabetes or that's your arthritis. And then they don't look at the neurological right. issues right. that are happening. So, right. Yeah, that's yeah. so true. That's so true. I mean, it's like, it's against, it's against so many things. There's so many mountains already, you know, and then, and then you, you add something like this, which is undefined and unresearched across the board. And it's a whole other space of just like, oh God, well, we're really in trouble now. Yeah. Because they don't know what to do with it anywhere. No matter what right. color you are, they don't know what to do with MS. So now like I'm black with MS and you're just like, oh, okay. Right. Okay. Well, that's less great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think too, by extension, there is such, it's getting better now, but um, but there's such a lack of representation of black representation in MS that, you know, we're so often tokenized. We yes. know first and foremost that this disease is completely different for everybody, irrespective, you know, and you mentioned right. this before, irrespective right. of what color you are. But right. when you are the black person with MS, now yeah. like you are representative of every black person. With no. Montel, so, the default. Right. Yeah. You're calling yeah. the default. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. They were like, oh my, I was like, so uh, yeah. that's irrelevant. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. Like, yes, he does. That's and that is yeah. also true. However, <laughs> as the monolith would have it unserved again. Yes. Yeah. It's nothing to do with me specifically. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's this is um it's it's been it's been really incredible to finally get behind it. I didn't want to talk about it for so long because there's just like, I just don't need any more spaces to just like not have my shit together. So MS is just one big old, like I might've fucked this up. That's what the disease potentially represents. It's just like, oh, make plans, but we can't be sure. Yeah, yeah, cool, cool, cool. Hmm. Yeah, so it's just like, I don't need any other spots where that can arc up. I'm dealing with enough. I got enough of that over here. I got enough of that over here. What I don't need is, is that as a whole. So I don't want to be branded as such. I can't, I can't not walk in the room female. I can't not walk in the room black. So like, mm -hmm. I'm probably not going to talk about, you know, having a disease that doesn't have a cure that nobody really right. can even find. Like, I'm probably not going to say anything, you know? So it was really, it, this was a leap. This was a Cause they were like, oh, we want to do this and this and this. And we're going to talk over here. And I was like, oh, that sounds like a lot of people. Yes. Mm -hmm. Sounds like a lot of, sounds like a lot of stuff. 
Which, okay, that's a lot. How long? Yes. Why? Yeah. It's so tricky because you don't want to be, okay, here's Jour Antoinette, the Black poet with MS. Yep. Like, that's who you are. No, that's who you're you just are, the poet. Man, and, then, and that became like the byline. And I was like, oh, uh, this, uh, uh. Oh, this, yeah. Yeah, this is yeah. not, this isn't great. Yeah. I'm no. fine. I'm fine. You know, so. <laughs> I um, wanted to ask you, how did you get involved with the More to MS campaign? Um, Jay and Jay, Jansen and Johnson and Johnson have been my corporate partner, gosh, since 2010. So I've worked across, I don't even know how many brands and I'm a DEI partner of theirs. So I do a lot of work with them in their space around the elevation of their black employees, specifically their black executives, uh, working with clean and clear AccuView, gosh, um, just, uh, oh yeah, their LGBT ERG, their employee resource group called Open and Out. It's a lot of keynotes for their uh, metabolic and dietary uh, CVM, cardiovascular medicine. Okay. Um, and then their neuro, their neuro spaces uh, was two years ago where I met the president, uh, Courtney. Um, and he's incredible. Courtney Billings, he's incredible do doing a lot of like great work around Alzheimer's and they spoke to me about MS then. And that, I want to say that was 2019. Um, but I have been working with them consistently over 10 years. And so they have been a juggernaut in really diversifying or uh, demonstrating what diversity in the workplace looks like outside of like America's version of the tragedy as it were and, and the hashtag obsession with, you know, getting involved for affinity's sake. Like J and J, um, they do the work. And Jansen, I have had a very, very strong, horrific relationship with Western medicine. I was standing on their stage in 2020, right before COVID blew up in Philadelphia, speaking at their cardiovascular medicine uh, kickoff for all of their all of their big execs and I got up there on that stage and I was like I sat there for a couple of days with them in the Sheraton and I don't love science I'm not into math those are two spaces that like you don't want azure like azure is not like that's just not like azure is that's azure doesn't do well there you know I'm like I mean you know I was that kid in class and like you know, they would give you a math problem and I wrote a narrative answer as my response, you know, because they don't give you enough information to answer those questions. Uh -huh. I was like, what do you mean? He was driving 50 miles an hour with two oranges. Like, well, I don't know. Well, who was he with? What kind of car? You can't just ask me this sentence and then solve for why. Right. Who's why? Where are the rest of the characters? Was it disproportionate body weight? We have traffic. Like, if you can't, there's not enough info here. My teachers are always like, hmm. Still, that to say, being at a pharmaceutical conference for like two or three days, I was completely blown away by how much I didn't know what they were talking about. And of course, they made me sit in the front because everybody, all my clients know that like I will disappear. I'm always there for the for the actual gig, but you really can't keep me seated any place. I'm not great. I, I, I take off like three-year-old me, but just 38 years of age. And so they sat me in the front and it attached a handler to my side. I mean, she knew where I was the whole time. And I was like, oh my God, this is the worst. And so as I started to sit, 
they had this whole place, the theme was make it personal. And they had all of these VPs coming up, large, you know, like regional directors coming up about the theme, which was make it personal. And they were talking about their stories around um, pulmonary embolisms, um, blood clots, and the medication that Jansen has put out to help catch some of this stuff. One gentleman came up and his, he took his wife on a vacation. He worked for Jansen, took his wife on vacation after many, many years. Um, and she was complaining of like a headache or something along those lines. I don't remember all of the specifics of the story, but she passed away from one of these clots. And he was talking about how he has been so moved by the way that Jansen has gotten involved in early detection and helping people keep their family members, their wives, their husbands. And they were coming up telling all of these stories and exactly what we were talking about. It was about writing the story, putting faces to the medication because you hear all these horrific stories about pharma, right? You know, like it, you, yeah. you think it's Wolf on Wall Street. There was none of that. Right. And I knew the, I know these people like Jansen, like Jansen and J&J, &J, those are my folks. Like they know they can ask me to do just about anything. And I'll be like, mm, all right. But like, they've never asked me to get behind medication. I'm like, nah, you already know. Yeah, I don't really, nah, 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 I'll be messing with y'all. You know, so this, this conference was the turning point. From those three days, I finally got up at the end. I was the closing speaker and um, Russell Wilson's brother came to speak also. Um, and he was talking about just being ready, you know, like being ready to be great, that you were made for this. Like they, he was charging them up to send these sales reps out to get this medication in people's hands about cardiovascular stuff and getting people on point and, and every kind of person, you know, letting them know that ignoring these things are warning signs and they can lead to, to instant death, you know? So it was just like, they put this, this morbidity and mortality around it. And then they were putting these stories, they were juxtaposing these stories. And then their own people were coming up talking about some of their own personal experiences, some that happened to them directly their brothers, their wives, their, their, their parents. And I just, I just, I didn't ever have a personal connection to the brand. My clients, the ones that hire me to do this, that, and the other inside of the brand, of course, they're wonderful, but pharma doesn't have a face. Right. Pharma has a stigma. And for me, medication has been an issue since this diagnosis. Like they just throw stuff at us and then they're like, yeah, hmm. And the symptoms or the side effects are the symptoms of the disease. So why would I take something that's going to give me cognitive fog and dizziness? Like I have that. And they're like, right. yeah. they're like mild nausea. I'm like, no, I'm good. Mm, they were like yeah. tingling. I'm like, mm -mm, got that. And they're yeah. just like, yeah. Mm. <laughs> and they just make noises in your direction. Like nobody knows what they're talking about. And I was like, well, I don't need to come here. Western medicine, if you guys are just going to write scripts and send me home with stuff that mix, mimics and mocks the disease that I don't have a cure for, I think I'm all set. So I, I had really felt up to this point, very let down by Western medicine. I just was like, I'm good. Like we are, Western medicine does not teach you to heal. They just treat. That's it. Yeah. You That's know, it. they yeah. just, 
they just put this, just bandaid on a gunshot wound, just take some of this. And if that works then take some more of this. And then if that happens then take some more of this. And I'm like, you don't have this. You don't know anybody that has this because you are, you're flippant. Like you were just, yeah. you're just throwing things out there. But this, this group, they gave me a perspective that encouraged me. And I told the whole group, I was a couple, God, I don't know, maybe 400, 500 reps there. I got on that stage and at the end of my keynote, I made a promise to them that I was going to go back to the doctor. I told them, I said, all right, y'all, like, I'll give it another go. I'll give it another shot. Have it's you worth- disclosed about your MS? Yeah. You- okay. Yeah. And I, I think I talked about it that day too. Um, but I just had never publicly stood in front. Like I have multiple sclerosis, blah, 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 you know, like, but yeah, people, I mean, I didn't, I didn't deny it. Like there would be days that I would seize up or I'd have a weird gait. And I was like, it's not a gangster lean. I don't walk (laughs) like that. Like I, I also don't stutter. I'm very articulate. It's just this tick. I'm a vocal tick. It's Mm -hmm. fine. And they'd be like, Oh, mm." yeah. So, you know, so like, I just was, I, but I told them, I said, I made a commitment. I was like, I'm going to go back. I'm going to, we're going to try this again. And the, uh, the vice president of cardiovascular, who's now the president, a black woman, Rashima Kemps Polanco is incredible. She said, she gave me the name of a couple of folks at, I think it was John Hopkins and somewhere else. And she was like, you, you promise you're going to call. And I was like, I'll call. So I started like seeing a doctor again. I, you know, I was like, all right, let me get back on this train. And then uh, this past summer, I recorded a, a open letter to my MS and that went a bit viral. And I was vocal ticking through the whole thing, which really annoyed me, but I posted it anyway, mm-hmm. because I'm usually very private about that. I don't like being seen as less. Yeah. And yeah. Um, then they reached out to me and they were like, hey, Jordan, do you want to do, do this? And I was like, want feel strong okay you know so and now we I get to hang out with y'all and now I got Dr. Williams and I signed on you know to be in her practice which is and by be in her practice I mean be her patient I don't have any medical licenses or any sort of accreditation (laughs) to do any kind so um but yeah it's I'm so glad that 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 was a yes because this is what we need. We need to be able to do more of this. And Dr. Williams and I, we had lunch a couple, like a month ago, and we were talking about building like a physical network and putting together some sort of like summit, you know, and like we, you know, we bring these voices like yours together and, and Tamia who also suffers from MS and, you know, some other folks and we, we come together and we put some faces to this daggone thing, but we figure out what we're going to do, you know, and we hold some feet to the fire, but Dr. Williams is smashing boards out there, you know, just like tearing it down and doing research and figuring it out and listening to her just be able to describe what I'm, what's happening in my life and my like physical mate. I was like, wow, that's, that's a relief. Cause I really, okay. That's very good. That's very good that you said that because I feel exactly that. So that's a good, that's good. Yep. We so, love her. She, she's yeah. amazing. She yeah. always shows up. Like anytime yeah. we call her, we're like, Dr. Williams, want to be out? She's like, I'm there. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. So we so 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 it's just the beginning, y'all. 
Thanks for tuning in to the Myelin and Melanin podcast. You can find us on the web at myelinandmelanin.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at myelinmelanin. Don't forget to leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.